0: Welcome to the Change the Ratio podcast. In this series, we explore the gender gap in the sport and technology industries. We're addressing the reality that women hold only 9% of executive positions in the tech industry. We bring in established professionals with unique insights on how they have made a commitment to initiatives to drive diversity. We discuss specific ways to give more women a seat at the table and also address how businesses benefit from diversity and inclusion. The Change the Ratio podcast is brought to you by Women in Sports Tech Incorporated, a recently launched nonprofit that brings together companies, executives, young professionals, and students who share the mission to drive growth opportunities for women at all levels throughout the sports tech landscape. i am with one of our earliest board members, Glenna Patton. She's been working with us at Women in Sports Tech since pretty much day one and got on the train when we didn't even know where the train was going. So thank you for being on our board. How are you doing today? How's your day? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here.
1: I am a WIST groupie,
0: for sure. (laughs) Yeah, we're excited to have you here and on our team. So I just wanted to start off and ask you about your bio. How did you get into the sports tech industry?
1: Well, my love of sports really started as a kid. I grew up in a small town in North Carolina and had uh, a dad who was an avid sports guy. And our family activity was going to Carolina basketball games. And we went to about 30 a year. And my sisters and I were huge fans. (sighs) And I knew every stat. In fact, I, I kept stats by hand. And I just grew up loving the Tar Heels. I learned sports ethics from Dean Smith, who, you know, for those of you who are too young to know who he is, look him up. He was Michael Jordan's coach. Okay. That will teach you. And really what got me interested in sports media, which was one of the inspirations for my startup was I was also a big NFL football fan, and I was able to stay up late on Monday nights and watch Monday night football (laughs) with my dad. And I noticed very early on that there was only one woman who ever appeared on the broadcasts, and her name was Phyllis George. She was a former Miss America, and I have nothing but praise for her because she broke the mold. But I noticed that she was only ever reporting on the cheerleaders or stuff going on on the sidelines or the crowds. And she was never speaking about the game. And I said to my dad, why is there only one woman, and why is she not talking about football? And he said, you know, Glenna, that's actually a great question. I think you ought to explore that and figure it out. And so I started making it my mission to find female sports writers and sports journalists. Mm -hmm. And I sort of set my goal right then that I wanted to be in sports television and
0: change that. Oh, I love that. I got goosebumps. (laughs) And so that kind of leads me into your current initiative. You're the CEO and founder of Six Sports, and what are you working on right now? Well, Six
1: Sports was inspired by the idea of giving young people a voice around sports. I Know so many young people because I've been working with youth brands like MTV and Nickelodeon and being around sports television and kids that love to t- talk sports. I found that they looked at the, the traditional media landscape as a bunch of old guys talking about old stuff. And that's yeah. literally what they would say. And by that, I mean not really talking about what's trending on social media about sports, uh, athlete fashion and lifestyle. Sneaker trends, athlete fashion, all those kind of things that have nothing to do with who won or lost, but everything about what young people want to talk about. And young people, especially young athletes, are more and more connecting pop culture like music and fashion and movies and all forms of entertainment are intersecting with arts. You have athletes as fashion designers and athletes as tech entrepreneurs. And so those intersections are really interesting for this um, demographic. So that's what inspired Six Sports was to build a media and content brand that would really spark conversations that young people wanted to have.
0: Okay. And so what would be an example of a project where you're catering to younger people and that you're working on right now?
1: So what we've done is we've built two components of our experience. So it's an app and a website. Mm -hmm. And there is an algorithm that curates sports news from all across the internet. And it calculates social media popularity. So it's aggregating the scores of every tweet, share, like, retweet. It dedupes everything so you don't get the same story a million times. And so you get a really concise view of what's trending, what people are talking about. And we've made the experience really shareable. So in one click, you can repost a cool story on your website, on your um, social media feeds. And then in addition to that, we built a content, short-form content operation. So we're literally creating our own content every day. And all of our reporters are between the ages of 17 and 29. And we have a studio show we're doing youth takes on sports and we make sure, you know, all of our stories are not being featured on other platforms. Yeah. So like when Prince died, for example. You know, we did a combination of his basketball handles because he was actually a great player and his music and how this generation actually relates to him. Got it. So it's that kind of um, merging of sports culture with pop culture.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, I wanted to ask you, I know you spent 16 years in Europe. What are the biggest differences as a woman living and working in European culture versus living and working here in the States?
1: Well, it's first of all, I would recommend it to anyone who has interest in other cultures to live abroad. So when I lived in Europe, I worked five and a half years in Prague. Um, It was Czechoslovakia at the time when I moved there. (laughs) And in London. And most of my time in London, I worked at MTV Networks when. Um, MTV and Nickelodeon in in particular were launching channels all over the world. So I traveled everywhere in the world with it. And, uh, you know, the funniest thing I noticed that's way different is lunches and holidays (laughs) outside of America. They take them seriously in Europe and everywhere. Like in France... I was in a meeting once and, you know, it was lunchtime in an agency and they said "Pens now we're going to a restaurant and it was a hot meal, wine, the whole thing. They don't mess around. They think Americans are so gauche for eating their lunch at their desks and rushing through a meal. It's a very important part of culture mm-hmm. there. And same with holidays. The Europeans disappear in August yeah, and around the ho- Christmas holidays. So I got way more holiday living <laughs> abroad. So note to self, you get about two months of holiday internationally. Yeah. Um, But in Prague, as a woman specifically, I'd say that was my most incredible experience because I moved there in 1991. It was 18 months after the Velvet Revolution, so communism had just ended, and the country had literally just started um, enabling people to launch private businesses. Mm -hmm. And I worked for one of the first private companies and the very first media company there called Bonton. It's still a top 10 brand in the company today. I was the 11th employee and first marketing director. And I was hired initially to to do the launch campaign for the first private rock radio station in Czechoslovakia. (laughs) I'm I'm a huge music person too. So that's just another sideline. but. (laughs) Um, It was an amazing experience, and we expanded into feature films and home video, Mm -hmm. and we became the biggest entertainment company in Central Europe. But what was amazing as a woman, I was the first marketing director of the company. I was a director, and Mm -hmm. in Czech, the šedítel title is a really big deal. That's that's like, I don't know, a division president or something in Mm -hmm. American-speak. And there were no women in Czechoslovakia with that title. There weren't any, previously, any women in government or any positions of leadership in the country. And if you think about in communism, there's no competition, there are no private companies, so everything's government-run. And so I walked in not really being aware of that. Um, I was also learning the language on the fly, so it was a really challenging situation. But we had a, a meeting of the de- directors every week uh, to talk about intercompany activities and strategies. And I was just really struggling because I was just had a vibe of negativity with my colleagues. Mm. And especially Zbignac, who was the head of the record label, he just was bristling at my every word. And I just decided... To confront him in front of everyone in the meeting and I said Spinyak I, it's clear you have an issue with me what is your problem mm-hmm. and he sort of you know finally kind of burst into this and he said you are woman oh. and I said yeah no. I am a woman and he said it's not possible And I said, why isn't it possible, Spignac? And he said, because it is not possible. We do not have women directors. Uh, You can't do this job. And, you know, one part of my brain said, I need to blow his doors off to say, of course I can do this job, and how dare you insult Mm. me. And fortunately, the more reasonable side of my brain, you know, paused and thought, this guy's never seen a woman in a leadership role. How is he supposed to know that a woman is completely capable of doing this? Right. It's not his fault. Mm-hmm. So I said to him, you know, Zbigniew, I completely understand why you feel that way. And let me tell you, I, I want to prove to you that I'm capable of doing this job. Will you give me a chance to show you that I can do a good job for you? And we have record launches coming up because I did all the marketing Mm -hmm. for his album releases. And I said, let's see how we do. Judge me on the sales results. Judge me on the PR results we get. And if I do a bad job, then you can say you're right. But I think I deserve a shot. Yep. What do you think about that? And he's kind of grumbled a little bit, but he said, okay. And, you know, subsequent to that, I learned that he wasn't the only one who felt that way. Um, The home video guy felt that way. And most of the men around the table felt that way. I was very fortunate that I had the the senior leaders at the company back me. But I had to earn the respect of those checks at one by one. The video guy took me two years. He now still has my picture on his desk (laughs) and tells everyone proudly that I taught him everything he knows, which is... Not true, but it just tells you that you really can change people's minds if they give you a chance. So that that was the hardest thing and the most satisfying experience I've had really in my career uh, being a woman, you know, on the woman's issue. So I really do think that's a good
0: um, a good lesson. Yeah, and that's interesting to have someone vocalize that sentiment because usually in my experience... The bias is very subtle and it's hard to pinpoint exactly how it's affecting decisions. Um, so it's interesting to hear a story on the other side where it was just completely vocalized.
1: Well, if you can imagine what happens if we did confront people more. I think it's almost worse. I maybe it never would have come out if I hadn't have confronted Mzbinak on that, but I do think it's easier to deal with when you really understand where people are coming from. And even women need to give men more of a chance because maybe they haven't experienced women in that context. We're still dealing with that.
0: Right. I do think it's easier to have the conversation around it because if no one's talking about it, we can't understand where people are coming from. So that's interesting. Okay. So I just have one final question. Do you have... Any Easter eggs of advice for young professionals trying to start their careers in this industry?
1: Well, I'd give you a couple. So first, I'd say my biggest learning was uh, that you don't have to know exactly who you are or what you're going to be on day one, especially when you come out of college or high school and you're doing your first job. You feel like you have to know exactly what you want to do and who you're going to be. Today, your first job isn't going to be your last job. So treat every experience as part of the journey, not the destination. And use each experience as a learning game for you. And connected to that, I would say look for opportunities that will help you grow in some new way. And if you're not sure what you want, Try stuff. I always say to people, try to get in an organization that you're interested in. Even if you have to accept less pay or no pay, if you can get in, you can learn and see if you like it. Hopefully you can impress the people you're working for yep. and talk your way into a better paying job. That's one thing to make sure you have that upward mobility potential. Uh, but don't be afraid to say, you know what, I didn't like it. Let's move on. Let's try something else. Because... If I were to tell you that I would have my own sports media startup, you know, tw- 25 years ago, <laughs> I would say, no way. Yeah. I, you know, my dream was to work on the NFL today in New York, and I got that job when I was 21. Yes. So I had to figure out <laughs> where, <laughs> where to grow. grow from there, and yeah. I figured, I learned there was so much more in me mm-hmm. to learn and do and grow. So just look at your career as a journey, not a, not a one-stop shop.
0: Yep, I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on our Change the Ratio podcast, Glenn It was a pleasure speaking with you. Great talking to you, and I look forward to hearing the series. you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on the Change the Ratio podcast. If you're passionate about changing the ratio in the sports tech and innovation industries, start by joining our community at womaninsportstech.org. We'll put our website and other social media handles in the show notes below. A diverse company starts with diverse hiring funnels. We worked with Sport Techie to create a job listings board at our website, sportstech.careers, where you can post a job to our community. Thanks for joining us on Change the Ratio.